1: Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMulder.
0: And I'm Sam Blackwell. And this week, we're going to tackle topics like summoning specters into our <laughs> relationship space.
1: <laughs> you are on this alliteration train. I.
0: <laughs> yeah. Remember? Yeah. I'm really super into alliteration. Summoning also, I stole specters. that line from the letter, so it's not like yeah. I came up with it myself. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I really Uh, wish that you did, though, (laughs) 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 that you're just like sitting there, like licking your pen and thinking, "Okay, (laughs) summoning snakes. Nope. Summoning. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: Summoning specters. Yeah. All right. Also, being a commitment phobe and being tired of doing self-work. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed mental health professionals or like relationship people Uh -uh. we're literally just making this up as we go along
1: yes and i feel particularly (laughs) unqualified today because i'm Mm -hmm. i'm very little sleep and i'm at that weird stage of my personal healing process in which like i have accepted that a bad thing happened to me but like i i i haven't got past the like i want to sit on my couch for eight hours stage you know what Mm -hmm. i mean Mm -hmm. so i'm just like a just like a puddle of angstiness today uh, and no sleep. So uh, this episode's going to be great. Totally great.
0: It's going to be amazing.
1: <laughs> yes, but Sam and I are unqualified. Um, so this is your official first and final warning to please take our advice as you see f- fit. We are just here to offer our humble musings. So if we shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding, but mostly confusing subject that is love. Yeah, love it. Okay. All right. So the check-in topic for today, because I, like, I already ex- told Sam pre-recording that, like, I'm in a little bit of a funk today emotionally and physically. Mm-hmm. And I and I have, like, three hours of sleep. Um, I, I don't have the brain capacity to, like, tackle a romantic question right now, even though we're about to do... <laughs>
0: We're three. about to do three romantic questions. Okay, yeah. but like
1: a check-in topic just seems like a little too much. Um Got it. So I wanted to do something silly. And if you don't already subscribe to our Patreon, um, every once in a while, well, on our Patreon, Sam and I put out an extra episode every Wednesday. And you can get access to all of those episodes um, for just five dollars a month um, including the whole backlog of like 100 episodes and mm-hmm. we typically answer one letter an extra like a bonus letter on that episode but sometimes when Sam and I are feeling like a little tapped out or we need a break from answering letters or or whatever the circumstances we just do silly things like do BuzzFeed quizzes <laughs> um, or ask each other like really silly questions that we find on the internet and it's It sounds strange, but it's just like a very great palate cleanser for me and my energy. So I have Mm. some silly um, literal check-in topics (laughs) that I found on the Internet (laughs) to ask Sam and I. Um, They're check-in topics that are meant to be for like the first day of school, you know, or the first day of (laughs) class when the professor (laughs) would make you go around and like say why you were taking this class (laughs) Mm -hmm. and, you know, your favorite color or whatever Um, or or I don't know. Do they do these meeti- meetings and jobs? It at, they yeah. do it at work questions, all the time. I mean? Yeah, there are. Okay. So, this is technically. Will start all of
0: their meetings with check in questions.
1: <laughs> yeah, so the internet was, it was a plethora of options I could choose from, but I found a category perfectly called, quote, funny icebreaker questions. <laughs> Ooh. So I know. I'm excited. Who'd... Yeah. But uh, the first one, it does literally make me laugh out loud when I read it. It is what is one article of clothing? that someone could wear that would make you walk out on a date with them
0: wow um
1: can i guess what yours is
0: yes please guess what mine is
1: (laughs) your first thought is a fedora (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) was i right (laughs) and then my second thought was a cape but then i was like no honestly if they wore a cape i would probably be super into it like this is oh a my very... god, a
1: cape! I didn't even think about that one. That's hysterical. My mind went from a fedora to like a confederate flag shirt, real
0: fast. Yeah, I was thinking like a QAnon <laughs> shirt. That's what. <laughs> then I would like walk out for sure.
1: <laughs> and let me say something. I feel like fedoras get a really bad rap because of the people who wear them. <laughs> True, but they're actually very charming. Like my my grandfather used to wear hats like that. Um, and on the mm-hmm. right person, they can look fine. Um, yes. So sorry, fedora wearing people out there.
0: I honestly don't have that much, that big of a problem with fedoras. Like, I, I do <laughs> think that easy they are joke, like, I know. <laughs> for sure. Like, they're the villains of the story. And you're kind of like, mm, why?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
0: I get it. A different but, stage like,
1: of me would say a goatee, but I think I'm on the goatee train now. I think mm, the, mm-hmm. the right person with the right yeah. goatee can be really hot. The wrong yeah, person. I don't-
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah then you're like, Ooh. "Uh yeah, I think it really depends on the person. But I would say that like a QAnon shirt or like a Confederate flag, like those would be like for sure yeah. things where I'd be like, "Oh, this is not." Ooh, what
1: about work. a Hawaiian shirt?
0: <laughs> I wear Hawaiian shirts all the time. I
1: know that's why I said it. <laughs> um okay, all right. Next question. Um if the zombie apocalypse were to come, um who are the three people you would want on your team?
0: Mm-hmm. Here's the thing about zombie apocalypses: like, I They're think my real. will to live is so low oh. that I would I wouldn't even fight. I'd be like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't want to spend wow. the rest of my life like outrunning zombies and basically camping all the time. Like, I wow. this is not this is not worth <laughs> it for me.
1: <laughs> Hysterical, and also made me realize something funny about myself is that I think I like thinking about the zombie apocalypse because I'm an artist because I'm creative. (laughs) And so for me, it's like, Oh, fun little creative brainstorming problem, (laughs) you know, like, Oh, we'll go live Mm -hmm. on a roof somewhere or whatever. Um, but I, I like your approach too. So I feel like for me, the three,
0: the three people I'd want were just like the people who I like the most, who are going to like have a big party with me before we all die.
1: (laughs) Yes, totally. So for me, I definitely think my wife, who is like very oh, yeah, athletic she'd be great. Mm-hmm. and also very outdoor smart? Like couldn't could like name things that we could eat. Could mm-hmm. probably catch a rabbit with her bare hands, you know.
0: Cool in a crisis too. Just sort cool of like in
1: a crisis. Okay. Yeah. What
0: What do we got to do? Yeah, Would and has that.
1: and has weird um, weird strength and skills. Like could probably scale a wall very easily. Things like that, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. So. Lucked out there, <laughs> um, and then I would also say probably Spencer. No offense, Sam, because you yes. don't. Like I just camping. told you that
0: I would literally. <laughs> that you would up. just
1: like curl up in a ball, <laughs> but like Spencer is. I realized this the other day. Spencer is my securely attached friend. You're securely attached too. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but like he he is. Actually, on a, we're, this is just an ad for our Patreon. I made him take the attached uh, romantic or what is it called? Attachment style quiz from the book attached. Um, and mm-hmm. he's secure. And he basically, I think he has always been secure. In his, <laughs> that's just like who he is. And so I think he'd keep me calm in a crisis. Um, mm. And he also has some brute strength. I, I don't know if he would agree with that. I don't know if you would tell me that but like when I'm thinking about my favorite people and like survival okay so like Willow and then Spencer and then like I know you said that you would say no but like it's either you or Opal and you're both like equally pathetic (laughs) when we come to this like terrain (laughs) no you could be fast you could be, like, discerning, too. I feel like you would be the person who is like, oh, no, no, don't trade with this other gang of people because they're going to be cannibals. Like, your yeah, suspiciousness sure. would yeah. come in handy. And I think,
0: honestly, when if push came to shove, like, I think my, my instincts would, my self-preservation instincts would kick in, but I, like, hate thinking about the zombie apocalypse because <laughs> it makes me so anxious thinking about, like, how unsuccessful i would be in outrunning like zombies
1: yeah and
0: b i'm like i would just be i would be the extra in the movie who either no. dies or like goes to the government camp and like slowly starves to death like that's I, that I is who i am did just this. say that you were my
1: extra but and i know it's very <laughs> convenient that i listed my two best friends and my wife but like strategically you and i have like joked and also strategically talked about like how we could like hide a body for th- one another. <laughs> so
0: mm-hmm. like I yeah. know
1: there's some dark cre- <laughs> creative brainstorming capacity within you.
0: <laughs> oh, that's different. I would I have a lot of ways that I've thought about how to hide bodies. I just don't like the zombie apocalypse cuz I'm like it's so hopeless.
1: <laughs> it's so okay, let's do let's do one more <laughs> check-in funny icebreaker question. I'm doing air quotes. Um
0: mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so If you were a wrestler,
0: (laughs) could could you imagine? (laughs) I can't.
1: (laughs) If you were a wrestler, what would your entrance theme song be?
0: Um. Yeah. So I don't. Obviously, I don't watch a lot of wrestling. Um, Oh
1: no, really?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so, like, all I think I'm thinking of is like. Drag anthems that people would walk Out Ooh, to so like all yes. I can think of is Disco songs and like I need a Hero and like come down from the ceilings Into the split like literally splits, like, that one, that The one perfect drag answer
1: <laughs> right. You were born for this You <laughs> were born like, for this life
0: You know I think that there are So many amazing Disco songs out there that I would definitely Pick like uh, it's my house By Donna Summers like
1: fantastic. Do you imagine answer. me coming
0: out to that it would be Amazing
1: <laughs> You 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 just won the whole check-in topic. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You want to get into some letters?
0: Yes. Let's do it. Okay. Our first letter comes from Constance Reminders, who is writing from The Void Down Under. Hi, Sierra and Sam. I confess to hoping for a more suave or witty opening, but my mind is a steaming mess, and I went with a tried-and-true classic. Honestly, how do you start a mild cry for help from beautiful strangers all the way across the biggest pond? <laughs> my... Situation is short, if not sweet. I've been dating my boyfriend for almost seven months. He is a genuine man who unabashedly cares for me, respects my boundaries and enforces his own, is attractive as hell, always listens to me with an open mind and somehow miraculously got my avoidant ass to trust him naturally. Most importantly, he sees me for the flawed and multifaceted person I am and still accepts all of that. He isn't perfect and he has his own hangups and traits that rub against mine, but I feel confident that what I feel for him is love, though not as mature and diamond-grade resilient like my parents. We have a secure and flourishing relationship. So what the fudge is wrong with you, lucky lady, you ask? The answer is, as always, life. My boyfriend recently brought up the highly probable scenario that his company will send him to Hong Kong for at least two years. That is a nine-hour international flight and a whole morally disconcerting political system away from me. He had made a passing reference to this fact early into dating, but when he brought it up, I knew we had to talk about it. He has always prioritized work in his career above all else, and a lot of his identity slash self-worth is tied to it. Don't get me wrong, I don't think it's healthy, and I've made it known." But I have no desire to be anybody's whole world or even top priority. I don't care that he values work over our relationship, much to the projected horror of many of my friends. I just want to be happy, and our relationship is one facet of of the overall balance I'm working at with this whole conscious existence thing. So... When we talked, I told him I got it. I told him I was fully on board with any decision he made to further his dreams and that while we both wished he would stay here, if it happens, it will happen at the objection of neither of us. And I told him that it wasn't something we needed to decide what to do right now. We will cross that bridge if and when we get there. Mature, no? Except he has brought it up again a few more times and in déjà vu only I'm seeking to experience, I repeat this same thing only with less softness and deafness each time. Being frank, it's starting to get frustrating and more painful. It culminated in a recent long drag of text messages that had me feeling overwhelmed, hurt, and raw. I feel like the constant reminders are a way of maintaining an artificial distance because we have both confessed to never having tried long-distance relationships and not being confident we could given our similarly high sex drives and mutual desire for monogamy. However, I don't know how to reconcile that with the fact that he's told me he feels the same way about me and that he wants to work on this relationship long term. We've even talked about moving in together when my lease ends. I trust him so I don't doubt these words. I just don't know how to proceed with the specter he keeps summoning into our space. Mm. Maybe a big part of this pain, I feel, is the knowledge that it has been a long road for me to get to a point where I am (laughs) intentionally dating and not just running at full speed through casual hookups. Maybe it's because I finally feel attached to and love for somebody for the first time. Anyway, I wanted to end this with the sweetness that I feel whenever this week's JVU app pops up in my Spotify podcast feed. I don't care if this letter is ever read on air. I just want y'all to know that hearing your voices these past two plus years having been a meditative and thoughtful guide to help me. You have been gentle and loving strangers who somehow... Feel like my friends without being able to comprehend my person. Yeah. You played some part in my coming to challenge a deep rooted fear that everyone allowed in will hurt me with the understanding that there is nothing wrong with that, only human. Keep doing mm. what you're doing. We love you, not just for it. P.S. Thank you for going Spotify exclusive. I have only used it for podcasts, and so I luckily never needed to switch.
1: <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, right.
0: i like that you you just like threw that last thing in and like thank you for switching to the thing i already used because it was very convenient for me
1: (laughs) yeah uh and thanks uh your your words at the end of that letter mean a lot to me and i'm sure Mm -hmm. mean a lot to sam too um so yeah constance this is a headache I wouldn't say Mm. it's a bit of a pickle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I would say it's a headache, right? Um, And I have no idea what Sam's about to say, but the primary thing I have here in my notes for you, my darling, is you need to talk to your boyfriend about how you're feeling (laughs) about Mm. these conversations. And you need to have an explicit conversation that says, I... I'm feeling anxious because you keep bringing this up or, or whatever. I'm not quite sure w- what you need to say to him based on mm-hmm. this letter, but it sounds like you need some clarity or he needs to stop bringing up Hong Kong or you two need to talk about your future or you need to decide to not talk about it. You know, like there, mm-hmm. I feel like, we're. I feel like you may be doing the, the very natural thing that so many of us do, which is, When we have a problem in a relationship, we want to like tiptoe around it or like nibble at it, but never really look at it in the eye because Mm -hmm. we're afraid that if we address it, then it's going to give our partners or situationship people or whatever the permission to leave, you know, like, oh, you want me to get tied down or you want me to talk about the future? Okay, bye. Like we think we see that as cause and effect, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't give ourselves the permission to see it as like a slow burn in the other, (laughs) in in the other direction, you know, like this is obviously weighing on you. Um, and you need some clarity or you need some comfort or, or whatever it is. I just want to like, uh, embolden you to just say, Hey, you've been bringing this up recently and it's kind of, it's been it's been weighing on me and it's been weighing on me in this way and I wanted Mm -hmm. to share this with you not because I need you to fix it but because I want you to a know me and I want us to b approach this together as a team if we are a team
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no I think that makes a lot of sense and I think Sierra is probably right Constance that there's um that there's probably some anxiety that's coming up because of the fact that this might be happening. And your your method of dealing with that anxiety, which like, I feel you, girl, is to just compartmentalize it and say, like, <laughs> we will deal with this thing when this thing happens. But bef- mm-hmm. but until then, I don't want to think or talk about it. Like, yes, yes I, I so am on board with that. That is the way that I operate because I, you know. That's I how I'm dealing with the-
1: my 35th birthday this year. Yeah. <laughs>
0: we will cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> um, And I feel that like, because as a person who has been anxious in the past, like I've realized that like worrying doesn't do much for me. Like it, right. I, it's not a good place for me to be. And so sometimes I have to be just like, okay, I will trust that things are going to work themselves out, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time like stewing in this. Um, But it sounds like your boyfriend might, be not as good as compartmentalizing or may not want to compartmentalize as much as you do. And like, that's the thing about being in relationship is that sometimes we need to like figure out how to create space for our partners to do things and have emotional responses to things that we don't, that we don't share. And so my guess is, is that your partner is probably feeling pretty anxious about this. And I don't know your conversations, but I do wonder if he just wants you to know how he's feeling without Mm. like trying to come up with a solution to it. And again, like I'm not part of here, these conversations, right? But I know that at least for me, as someone who is like a compartmentalizer, like a let's not worry about it until we have to worry about it person. um, Whenever there's like a conflict with me and Peter where he says something that he's anxious about, my immediate response is like, okay, well then let's fix it. Let's figure out a way to like, fix it or like I'll I'll be like I don't want to talk about that until like we need to talk about it right mm-hmm. but then I'll bring it up again and I'm like okay we but we had a solution like why aren't we sticking to the solution which was not right. to think about it right but the solution for Peter isn't just to compartmentalize it and to like move on the solution for Peter is to like continue to talk about it and express the fact that he's continuing to feel anxious about it which is a, wow. not a problem right That's it's not a, a bad great thing. example
1: Sam <laughs> thank you so much for sharing that
0: yeah like you don't it's hard because my mind reads it as he's anxious and I need to make him unanxious. And because that's what I have to do for myself, totally. right? Like, okay, I'm I'm feeling anxious. So my I gotta figure out in my head how to make myself unanxious, which is to say, I'm not gonna think about this right now, and I will figure it out when I need to figure it out. But when you're in partnership with someone who just like wants to be seen and heard and wants to express when they're actually feeling that anxiety. Uh, There is a learning that has to happen, especially for us folks who have struggled with avoidant attachment styles, where we just are like, I don't want to deal with the anxiety. (laughs) It's much easier for me to just find something else, or for me to move on. Like it's one, it's one of the biggest things that I have had to learn in relationship is that like sometimes people just want to talk about things that you're not super keen on talking about because they just want you to know how they're feeling,
1: (laughs) or because that's how they process. You know, I think about me. I feel. I feel kindred to Peter in that instance, I process Mm -hmm. things out loud so often. Um, Mm -hmm. and so even, even though my end goal might look the same as yours, Sam, like I don't do well with like stewing in anxiety. Mm -hmm. I need to like make a plan to like put it aside or deal with it later or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. My, my avenue of getting there is different. You know, I yep. need to like talk myself into that plan or or or, or feel just seen or heard. Just mm-hmm. such an astute, perfect reminder that we all deal with stress, cope with stress, cope with information, processing information differently. Um, yeah, for sure.
0: And, like, some of us process information in our minds. Like, some of us process information through our hearts. Like, some of us process information instinctually, Mm -hmm. right? Like, and as a head person, I have to remember that, like, people process things through their hearts and they want to talk to me about the things that they're feeling because that's how they like move forward. Whereas for me, I'm like, no, no, no feelings. Get feelings out of here. Let's like rationally think about this. I'm very uncomfortable that you're making me feel feelings right now. Can you not?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I wonder how our friendship lasted so long. (laughs) Cause I'm, I'm so in my heart, uh, or or that's just so is a required or part of my process. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I know what I love you <laughs> and our friendship is lovely and yes. sustaining. Um, I do wonder again, I think this is one of those letters where we have a ton of information, but we still just aren't there. We're not in your relationship. We aren't in these conversations. We can't read the text messages. So there's a lot that we, I mean, always Sam and I are always assuming things and, and making blanket statements and doing the best that we can to interpret all of y'all's letters. Um, Mm -hmm. But I, I do also wonder because I don't know your boyfriend, constants and because i don't know the energy and the vibe of your relationship or his attachment style and, th- and things like that sure i had to at least in my notes write down like a script for you because i wonder if he's is is he bringing it up repeatedly because he feels like your dismissal of it like you're cool you're calm cool collected like okay cool mm-hmm. we'll cross that bridge later Yep. Is he worried that like you're not emotionally prepared for this reality or is there a right. conflict there that he feels uncomfortable addressing directly and this is his attempt mm-hmm. of trying to be like I don't want a long-distance relationship or I do what what are you feeling mm-hmm. which is all the more reason for you guys to have a safe and open and honest conversation about this. And right. A, a way that you can like usher him into that space is say something like, um, "I want to invite you, or, or I'm wondering if there's any underlying message or concern that you don't feel comfortable sharing explicitly, and and maybe that's the why you why you've been mm-hmm. checking in with me this way. And I even I hesitate to even share that piece of advice because I don't want to be pessimistic. Like I, I hate that I read that letter and I was like, well, there's a chance that he just wants to make sure you're going to be cool when he leaves, you know, like I, (laughs) um, I, 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 I don't, I don't believe that's the case. I don't want to think that's the case, but like, you know, love is hard and relationships are hard Mm -hmm. and people suck. Um, but yeah. I do think that is a way for you to be a little bit more direct with him um, and to invite him to be a little bit more direct with you. Again, Sam and I don't know these conversations. I don't know what he's saying in them or like for his sure. tone. So I don't, I could be totally off, but I wanted to like sure. give that small script.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great script. And I would just also add to it like, how can you start with a feeling, with an I feeling statement, mm, mm, right? Mm. And to say to your partner, hey, you know, we've been hashing out this conversation a lot. Right. I feel frustrated that it feels like we're having the same conversation over and over again. And it feels like there is no good solution in this moment. So it feels like, so I feel like I just want to sort of like let it lie until we really need to have the conversation and then maybe do what Sierra said and say like, yes, is there something beautiful. that I'm that I'm not understanding in these conversations that you want me to hear? Like, what about what am I missing that makes it that we need to like have this conversation again? And if he's like, if he's like, you're not missing anything. I just want to talk about it. Then you can like go into a a more adaptive place and be like, okay, well, if there, if the issue isn't the solution and you just want to be heard, like I can listen, but I'm, I don't feel comfortable sort of rehashing all of the details and like stewing in this. What if, what if, what if it makes me feel really anxious to do that. Right. Like, I love that. I think that, tapping into those feelings and tapping into like where that frustration might be coming from would be helpful for you to really explain to him like why why this rehashing of the conversation over and over again is really uncomfortable for you
1: i love that i i think that wraps it up for me anything else you want to add
0: no i just um appreciate you writing and um appreciate that this is a tricky place to be in um and that and that I can sympathize or empathize with the fact that it feels like there aren't good solutions at this moment in terms totally. of what you're going to do. Um, and I trust that you, uh, you two are going to figure it out and make the best decision for yourselves and for each other when the time comes that you have to make that decision.
1: Yeah. And I, uh, maybe one last shadow, like mm-hmm. to the, to the point that I started with, you have a right to bring this up. Like there's, there's, mm. I, I think so often we avoid those clarifying conversations because we think we're safe in the vagueness, right? Mm. Well, we haven't really spoken directly about whether or not we're going to be together if he goes to Hong Kong. I'm safe in that vagueness. We're not, you know, we're not broken up in that vagueness. But that, mm-hmm. but, but the unknowns, like, there's empowerment in clarity, right? And For sure, oftentimes we avoid getting more details because we want, we don't want to disrupt. Um, the false comfort of, of the unknown, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah, that's real.
1: Uh, and I just want to say that you can, you can have this conversation. It's actually for the health and sustainability and the wellness of your relationship and you as an individual, like you before Mm. the relationship, you Mm -hmm. need more clarity or you need like this rehashing to stop. Or I would, I was, I would go as far as to say like you and your boyfriend, Have this opportunity to know and understand each other better. Take it. Absolutely. All right. Constance, thanks so much for writing.
0: Thank you. We love you.
1: in the house
0: get warm weather ready with quince go to quince.com slash just for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns that's Q-U-I-N-C-E slash just break to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash just all
1: right this next letter is from commitment phobe who is writing to us from a perpetually anxious state. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Sam and Sierra. I, 25, have been dating my boyfriend. We'll call, we can call him Max. He, him, 30, for about two years now. I have extreme confidence that I truly love Max. He is the kindest, most caring person I have ever been with, and he treats me with respect and encourages me to be a better person. Just a few examples. He tells me that I'm beautiful at least once a day. He is respectful of my space and never gets jealous when I commit times to other things. He gives me small gifts to show me he is thinking of me. He encourages me to follow my heart, even if it means physical time apart, i.e. while I'm finishing school and so much more. I feel like I can't quite put it into words how much I know Max loves me and how much I love him in a good, wholesome, emergency contact way. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so charming. I love it. Despite our love being so certain and so strong, I find myself at times second-guessing myself. It isn't that I don't love Max, but I'm worried about getting married and settled down and the long-term commitment that comes with that. For background, I've spent the last few years moving around a lot for school to different cities and states, so I'm really used to new places and experiences. Marrying Max—we aren't engaged yet, but that is the path we are on—means settling down permanently in our hometown. He has a job there he loves and feels very established at. I love Max profoundly, and I really can't imagine my life without him. He's truly my best friend. At the same time, I have some unfounded fear that I could be making the wrong decision or that I'll become unhappy with settling down in my hometown. So, Sierra and Sam, my married friends, is this kind of anxiety normal? Am I a bad partner because I sometimes have doubts when my mind wanders? Or is it normal to have some commitment fears? How do I overcome these anxieties? Should I overcome these anxieties, or are they actually indicative of doubts deep down that I should be listening to? How do I listen to my heart when the anxiety and fear of commitment seems to be screaming so much louder? Thanks to you both for reading my question. I hope you guys can offer some reassurance, or have Sam tell me to just break up. All my love, <laughs> commitment phobe. Okay, so I know that I'm low on sleep and like in a, in a tender time because. The fact that this letter writer called us her friends made me like deeply emotional.
0: Mm, <laughs> and that's so sweet.
1: She's not the first one to do it. And I, um, I just in that moment, it, it like almost made me choke up while reading. Uh, I love all you all so much. And I love that you hold us in your hearts the way that you do. So back to you, commitment phobe. Um, let's just like, out the gate, off the bat. You're not a bad partner. Oh my God. Not a bad partner. <laughs> mm-hmm. If I could like shout that to all of our listeners. Well, not all of them. No, offense. Not everybody, them. everybody's on a journey, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, um, just reminding us that like we, there's no such thing as like a, a bad per- person when you're figuring out life stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and you're not a bad partner or like loving your, your significant other and also wondering like, is this right? Am I really, Mm. is this love? Is, you know, I think this is really normal.
0: I think it's super normal. I think that that's, um, you know, even in established relationships that are beyond two years, like I think that those thoughts still happen, right? (laughs) Of like, Is this for forever? Like, am I doing this for the rest of my life? Um, That
1: question right there, am I doing this? (laughs) Like, that is such an inner monologue. Like, okay. Uh, Yeah. All right. We're doing, okay. Am I doing this? Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'm doing this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Great. Um, And I think, I think it's absolutely normal for you to sort of take stock of your life and say, like, here are some things that, um, the ways in which I envisioned my future And now with a different set of circumstances in front of me, that future looks different. And I think it's absolutely normal. And uh, like this thing, that thing about like moving to other places too, like when Peter and I started dating and like started getting really serious, we had that conversation where Mm -hmm. I was like, would you ever consider moving any place outside of Minneapolis? And he was like, I I don't because I, my family is close by and Mm -hmm. they're super important to me. And I really like it here. Like, my friends mm-hmm. are here. I'm established here. Like, I I can't imagine myself living anywhere else. And like, yeah. Did I also have anxiety about that and being like, okay, so I wasn't planning on spending my whole life in Minneapolis, but like, okay, <laughs> now I guess that I am. Like, I think that, that that conversation or like that questioning is like very normal. It is, I have been through it and come out the other totally. side and made like the right decision for me. Does that mean totally. that that's the right decision for you? I don't know. Cause I don't know you, like you have to make that decision for yourself and you are capable and equipped to be able to make the right decision. Um, and whatever you do, des- decision you make is going to be the right one. Um, and so like, yes, I just to like reiterate, it's all very normal to like yeah, be yeah, having yeah. these, the these thoughts yes. and these fears. <laughs>
1: um, yeah. And I think to commitment phobe, if you were, um, if you and I were like, super tight buddies and we were like out for a drink or a walk and you were saying these things to me. um, I think my genuine answer would be a combination of, you know, do you feel safe? Like, are you happy? Mm -hmm. Like what are all Mm -hmm. the good things that are keeping you here Um, to take stock of those things? But I would also outside of your own present happiness, you know, because like, our anxiety doesn't give a fuck about what's real and present. <laughs> Our anxiety's <laughs> like, let's party over here.
0: Yeah, right. Um, but, let's go so, 17 years into the future when you're exactly. unhappy and <laughs> yeah. know you made a horrible decision. And it's like, okay. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, my
1: God. Sam, I read something online that said anxiety. it was like somebody's tweet. Um, so I'm really sorry to hit this person that I don't remember their Twitter handle. <laughs> um, but it said... Uh, Anxiety is basically just a conspiracy theory about yourself. <laughs>
0: I was mm, like, Whoa. "That's so real. That is so real."
1: Yeah. Um, okay, but the real, the I think the biggest point that I would say to you now on the podcast, but also like if you were sitting right next to me and I knew your relationship intimately, um, I would say like we're we're kind of sold a false bill of rights at upon birth. <laughs> that's that's not the phrase. Oh god, I cannot. I cannot I was just, fucking I was wait.
0: Gonna, I just gonna I just gonna let it go but then I was just for like I want you to tell me is,
1: I It's educate me. Fa-
0: f- false bill of goods, not bill of rights.
1: <laughs> I hate myself. Okay, no, it's okay. So <laughs>
0: I was like she's fragile she's having a bad day just let it just let it go but then I was like I can't people are gonna hear this they're gonna be like false bill of rights
1: (laughs) I it was worth it just to watch you belly laugh like that All right, let me just go hit my head on the fucking desk for ten minutes first. Um, cut this out, Spencer. <laughs> just kidding. Don't. Um, okay, so we are sold a full. I even have it in my notes, Sam. I literally, it's typed in my notes that way. <laughs> okay, so we are sold whatever, and it's not real. It's a, a, it's false a lie. bill of
0: something, you know.
1: Yes, we like we're sold like a false city. There we go. Sure. About marriage and romance, and we are sold this thing, whatever it is, bill of whatever, mm-hmm. very young. You know, I'm uh-huh. talking, are you still laughing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: sorry. I'm sorry. I'll get it together. Continue.
1: <laughs> I love you. <laughs> okay, so whatever. We're sold this thing. <laughs> I can't look at you. <laughs> I'm to turn my camera <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Literally. Okay. Commitment phobe. Yeah. Just hide your face. Mm-hmm. I know you were hiding your face because you were coughing, but I'm just gonna pretend it, you were doing it for my benefit. Okay. So this <laughs> I, our ideas about marriage and romance and 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 forever love or whatever we want to call it. Those ideas are like given to us. Started the indoctr. I don't mean this in the conspiracy three way, but the indoctrination of those ideas starts very young. Mm-hmm. You know, children's books, children's movies, children's stories, our parents—you know, like the like the institution of marriage, even, and where why it is a false bill of goods. Is that it? Yes. There yep. we go. Yep. Is because the idea and the the actual thing are very different. The idea of marriage, the idea of forever love, the idea of romance is is different mm-hmm. than. Than real life. And I'm not saying that in like a draft, it's not drastically different, but like, here's everyone's friendly reminder that the wedding shit you see on your Instagram explore tab is not realistic. (laughs) It's not realistic. Right. The, you know, many of those things are staged. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm saying this all because I think some of the anxiety you might be feeling, and I could be totally wrong as we often are. (laughs) <laughs> um could be fed by this idea of shouldn't I be sure shouldn't I know for certain shouldn't I be right. shouldn't shouldn't i am I a bad partner for having these doubts everything right. you said in the letter you have a happy healthy stable relationship with a with a man that you love hmm But something's creeping in and making you say, like, is my love not enough? Is my happiness Mm. not enough? And I have to look to society. (laughs) It's just like my job. I have to say, like, you know, it's not even even my relationship. I I never second guessed marrying Willow. But I did think, am I really doing this? (laughs) You know, I did have that inner voice. So, yeah. Am I doing this? Are we getting married? Am I getting married? Oh, all right. (laughs) Mm, okay, you right. know, like that voice is very present and um, and I, I guess I just want to like normalize that a little because I don't it's not that I think that you believe you, you know, commitment phobes that you believe that like all marriages are perfect. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of the, the, these indoctrinated ideas were were are so subconscious, you know,
0: right? So I just yeah, want to like no, say that
1: explicitly that like maybe some of this anxiety that you're feeling is a, is the pressure you're putting on yourself. To live up to the idea of marriage and happiness and romance that isn't real.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think that's important to call out because, like, I think. In addition to all of those things that you said, too, that like the way that that love is portrayed in media is that, you know, and also like you make a big decision about something or like you do a big thing, right? Like, like.
1: And it's an easy big Tom decision. Hanks
0: and and Meg Ryan met at the top of the Empire State Building, and then the movie ended. <laughs> like
1: the, there was like <laughs> no nothing, work, yeah, no arguments,
0: nothing else after no that. No morning even breath. Even though they lived on opposite ends of the country, <laughs> they, they, it was just like, oh, this is great. They're together, and it's like, wait, the, none of the things got solved, um, <laughs> right? Like, and the reality is is that relationships and love are so often small decisions that you make one day at a time, right? Mm, Love that. Right, it doesn't have to be a like, oh, I'm going to decide today whether I can be with this person or not because they they want to live in this city for the rest of the time and I have to make a pro and con list and then make a dramatic decision. Like so often it's just sort of like, you make a decision, you make a small decision and then you make another small decision and then you like get to a point where you're like, okay, well, my lease is up. So like, why don't we like move in together and see how this goes? And then suddenly it's like, okay, and now we're (laughs) getting married. Right. And like some of that's problematic for sure. Like, let's talk about like the relationship escalator and how like there's an implied way that everything Mm, works even if we don't consent to it. And also like, that's just life sometimes of like making small decisions and then looking back and being like, Okay, well, here I am. And that small decision might also be at some point like breaking up, right? Like it might get to a point where it's like, oh, I know that we live together, but I also don't want to live here forever. And like, it's just not going to work. Like, I think, I think sometimes we get really bogged down with this idea of like, we need to be certain. And also like, we need to make big decisions about things when everything is uncertain and everything's a small decision. (laughs) (laughs) Like (laughs) everything is just like, what's, what's today bringing um which is a good place to be too right like i think living in the present allows us to make decisions that work really well for us that like get us closer to our goals so breathe and it's okay to be uncertain and it's also okay to sort of just make a decision that gets you yeah. through to next week right and yeah. then you can make another decision after that um and that's that's just sort of how life works sometimes
1: and similarly to the first letter writer you talk to him talk to your partner Talk to him about your shared life goals. Talk to him about traveling. Have that conversation about is this the mm-hmm. job you want to have for the next 30 years or can you see yourself somewhere else? Somewhere else? If we get married, what are our collective goals? What are mm-hmm. what are, what is our collective relationship vision? Um yeah. that type of clarity, that type of um vulnerable, honest conversations can only get you make you closer or at least at bare minimum, you know, your partner better.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Regardless and of you the have, result.
0: You have more clarity about what decision you're going to make. Yes. Right. Like the clarity only comes from conversation with yourself and with your partner. Like that's yes. the only place that you can get. It. You can't get it from two people who yeah. like host a podcast. <laughs> really? Like I appreciate yeah. you asking us, but like, we don't know. Like We're yeah, totally. not you. We're not your partner.
1: Um. um and- and to that point too about those conversations, like uh this is gonna be one of those times where I don't misquote something, but I give no sources.
0: <laughs> um, I
1: love it. Well, when I, you know, when I started talking about getting married, even with uh a- another relationship prior to this, like my other mm-hmm. very serious relationship, um uh both times, you know, I this is gonna sound so millennial, but like I used the internet and we found questions that you should talk about with your partner before you get married. Do you want mm-hmm. to have kids? What do you want to do with finances? What are your life goals, career goals? Where do you want to live? All these things yep. are what a marriage is built on. A marriage isn't built on this overwhelming feeling of like, oh my God, I want to be with you together forever. Marriage is built, just like Sam said, with hundreds and hundreds of small decisions, right? Mm-hmm. And and you're, you can either build that life towards each other together, or you can realize that The compatibility is there, but only for so many years, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or, and only in so many ways. Um, So I'm sorry, I don't have like a specific thing to say, but like Google it, say like things we should, things I should talk about with my partner before I get married. I I swear to God, they're, they're great conversation starters and things you really want to think about because compatible marriage compatibility and dating compatibility are different too. I think. For sure. I think so too
0: um and, yes we can. also if that. you if you buy meg keenan's book a practical wedding there are questions <laughs> there are questions in that 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 honestly peter and i went through a bunch of them and it was like super helpful to like yes have clarity about how each of us feels about different things like cheating or like what constitutes cheating and right. like if somebody cheats is it over or is it like right literally had to have those conversations and come into agreement about it and like I love that book so much. I buy that book for every person I know who's getting married. <laughs> Sam, I needed just... to tell
1: you, a friend of mine got engaged like um, a month ago and I did what you did, which was <laughs> bought it for them and had it sent to them like the next day <laughs> because it's such a good book. It's called The Practical Wedding.
0: Mm-hmm. Meg it's... Keen, right? Meg Meg Keen? Keenan.
1: Yeah. Keen. K-E-E-N-E, I think. E.
0: I think that's right. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. So if you're getting engaged... Again, yeah. I did this as a blind date, but I like I love this book so much. It's such I a great just book. cannot cannot speak high more highly of how amazing yeah. that book was.
1: Um. OK, so commitment phobe. I hope that this helps. I uh, hope it gives you at least some comfort in knowing that you're not a bad partner. You're just you know, your your inner monologue is talking to you and you're not sure if you can trust it, <laughs> which is a Welcome to life, a baby. lot of us can relate to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for writing.
0: We love you. All right, everyone. Our third letter comes from Just Tired, who is writing from The Void. Dear Sam and Sierra, thank you so much for reading my letter and being a source of healing and growth for me. I love you both so much and appreciate all the love, support and advice you show your listeners.
1: Mm.
0: When the pandemic hit back in March, I began to play online video games with my friends that I know in real life, but who happen to live on the other side of the state. Through gaming with them, I met their coworker, let's call him John, who would frequently join us to play video games. John and I were just online friends at first, but slowly started bantering more, then flirting, then sexting, and eventually we were talking every day. We shared a lot about our lives and grew very emotionally close. We decided despite the pandemic that I would fly out to see him so we could go skiing together in another state. Leading up to seeing John, I felt a lot of trust that I hadn't felt in a long time because my closest friends knew him well and all vouched that he was a great person. They even told me that he isn't a player and is actually shy and awkward with women, which I found endearing. So I was really, really hopeful that for the first time in a long time, something would work out. And because of this, I ignored red flags. At first, he didn't want to pick me up from the airport, even though I was traveling to see him. He picked a fight with me when I asked him if we both wouldn't hook up with other people during New Year's out of respect. And he didn't really put much of an effort in, but most of the time he was really sweet and funny and we really enjoyed talking to each other. When I finally saw him in person, he was so affectionate. He was hugging me, kissing me, calling me babe, holding my hand, and just being all over me all weekend. I didn't have to initiate anything. We had sex a few times during the weekend, though he couldn't always keep it up or finish every time. On my last day, we were cuddling on the couch and he was kissing me and telling me how happy he was. So I just decided after months of long distance, I deserve to know where this was going. I said, now that we've met, how are you feeling about us? Do you want to keep dating? And he straight up looks at me and says, no, I don't like you. I think you're way more invested in this than I am. I don't like you like that. I was taken aback and replied, That's fine. I don't want to be with anyone who doesn't want to be with me, but I am curious, did I read your signals wrong this weekend? I thought you were really into me too. Why don't you want to keep dating? And Sam and Sierra, I kid you not, he told me that my body is unattractive, that I don't have an ass, and that he is just not attracted to me physically in any way. He told me this is the strongest emotional connection he's had, but that he just can't get over my body." Mind you, I am not toned, but I am only 125 pounds, and I didn't think I looked bad at the time. Also, we video chatted every night before I came, and he saw me naked on FaceTime, so he knew what I looked like before I got there. I am going to fast forward through the argument, tears, and breakdown after this. Just know it was very messy and prolonged, because he had to drop me off two hours away at the airport. Well, this was all exactly a month ago. I haven't heard from him since, and our mutual friends kicked him off the gaming server, He deleted me off Snapchat and hasn't reached out at all. I still cry myself to sleep every night. I can't sleep. It's currently 3am because I just wish he would reach out and apologize. I don't understand how after getting to know me for months that he could treat me like that and say those things. It makes me feel like even if someone knows the real me, I am not enough. I, the only worth I have is in my body. And now I hate my body so much. I've always had body image issues and now they feel amplified my mom always comments on how ugly, unattractive, or how fat I'm getting. During my life, other girls in ballet, cheer, my sorority, and now my, in my adult friend groups will comment on my body and tell me that I'm not as attractive because I don't fit the stereotypical mold of what's pretty. Now John, someone I really care about, confirmed my worst fear, that I am not worthy of love because I am not physically desirable." To cope, I have started to binge eat every day, all day. I just stuff my face with food, even though I feel terrible about it. I have never done this before. I lay in bed all day since I'm work from home. Literally, I can't even get up to walk. I've gained 10 pounds. I just cry all the time. I do have a therapist, but honestly, I'm fucking tired of doing so much self-work. I have been doing the reading, doing the gratitude journals, reflecting, trying anxiety exercises, working out creating healthy habits, etc. for years, and I am fucking tired. I'm tired of putting in the mental energy. I am tired of the onus being entirely on me. I am fucking tired. What do I do when nothing is working to move on from this breakup and feel better about myself? Also, why does it feel like I can never be loved unless I am pretty? And in the day of TikTok and Instagram models, doesn't that thought actually hold real weight? And lastly, should I reach out to him and tell him I miss him and ask if he misses me too? I know you're going to say no, but I feel like I am so in so much pain every day when I don't hear from him. Thank you. Just tired.
1: Oh, just tired. I'm I'm holding your heart, and I f- see all the pain that's in it. Mm. Um, it sounds like you're sounds like you're really hurting, and I'm so sorry for that.
0: Absolutely. Um, it is hard to hear. Honestly, like it's just hard to to I know, read that hard letter. You read. And, yeah, I could
1: tell. I could s- tell. And like,
0: sp- speak those words out because of um. Because even just reading them, I felt it. Right, like even just reading how tired you are, I felt it. And I, yeah. you know, I think, I think that that pain of reaching the end of your rope and just being like. I've been doing this and I don't feel better. And I, I've been doing this and I thought it would make a different result happen. Um, Yeah. And that, that is so defeating, you know, it's just like, so there's nothing, nothing more defeating than being like, I've done all of this work and it feels like for nothing.
1: And people want to talk about healing. I fucking talk about healing as though (laughs) there is a plan, you know, that as though there is like a 10 step plan to make you healed. Right. To get you get over heartbreak or trauma or body image or fucking, you know, child trauma, you know, like they we like to talk about healing. As though any of us know what the fuck we're doing (laughs) and 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 any of us have as though we're each not as though we aren't just. Healing every day as much as we can or cannot, you know, Mm -hmm. we like to talk about it like there's a strategy, you know, like if you do X amount of gratitude journaling and fucking uh, adult coloring books, like you'll be fucking healed. (laughs) You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. Just small, tiny, tiny side note, like that's capitalism for you selling you self-help and selling you healing, you know, Um, when it's when it's nothing like that.
0: I think that's absolutely right. And I think that the narrative that we that exists right now around like self-help and healing is about um do what these can I things buy
1: to make me And then healed. your
0: life will be mm-hmm. better. Right. right? Like and then everything will be good. You'll be like a healed person and healed person people deserve nicer things than the yes. things that you currently have. Oh right? my god. Like, so real. And that's bitch really i'm doing that narrative. right now i'm
1: literally like should i get highlights like is that gonna make me feel better during this fucking horrible time is that gonna just like make me feel so like zen and like taken care of and then uh-huh. i'm like dang yeah. like i don't want to spend doing a fucking fifty dollars on a fucking haircut anyway sorry <laughs> no,
0: that's but like that's that's the narrative that yeah. that like is force-fed to us through our social media through advertisements like through people who want to sell us books and movies and tapes and like all of that good stuff like it's hard to unlearn that but i yeah. like the the reality is is that the self-work that you do doesn't mean you get nicer things right like doesn't mean that the people around you are gonna like treat you yeah. better or like yeah you know what i mean like it's not
1: and that exhaustion that she yeah. writes about the exhaustion of like not wanting to have to do this work anymore. I know know you relate to, and I relate to so hard. Um, Mm -hmm. So I had this revelation this weekend, revelation about my own healing right now that's happening, (laughs) whether I fucking buy a book or not. (laughs) Um, And uh, I don't know if this is going to speak to you just tired, but... I, I thought I saw some parallels in it and I want to talk about body image and I want to talk about how mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with being fat. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to talk about that, but I, f- I have to say this first because it is the context through which I am. I want to share all the other things. I had this revelation this weekend, you know, if if somebody's listening to this episode out of the blue, <laughs> um, I recently experienced a, an ectopic pregnancy loss. And I am only three weeks post that surgery post that, uh, mm-hmm. s- terrible surprise. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. and I realized this weekend, I-, I I joked at the beginning of the episode that I'm at the point of my healing where like, I've accepted that it's happened to me. Uh, my body's healing. I can move around. um, But like emotionally, I just want to sit on the couch and do nothing. Like I have very little motivation. Mm -hmm. I feel inactive. And I kind of had to have like a talk with myself this weekend um, because of some of the depression I'm feeling because of how because of how I'm coping. And I realized something that is about myself, which is. When I don't like what's happening in my life, like something that happened to me or something I manifested or, Mm -hmm. or whatever, you know, how somebody treated me when I don't like what's happening in my life, I don't like myself. And Mm. even though like logically, I know that other people's actions aren't my responsibility or, you know, logically, I know that life is hard and the universe will devastate us. And logically, I know that what happened with my pregnancy isn't my fault like i don't i i logically literally don't i don't think it's my fault i know it's not my fault i know there's nothing i could do my first subconscious connection is that i that i deserve these things or like that like oh you fuck up like you look at you fucking sucking or whatever the fuck my brain is saying at the time yeah and so like you know, with this recent loss, I'm at the point of my healing where, I, like, like I said, I've accepted it, but I'm in this liminal space where I'm depressed and I can't, I don't want to seek joy, I don't want to get out of bed, and um, I realized this weekend is I have to decide that I deserve to feel better. You know, like there mm-hmm. isn't this step, this isn't there isn't this like. 10 steps to make me get over this. You know, there's nothing you can Google to get over a loss like this or get over someone shaking your understanding about yourself at the core, like this D bag yep. did for you. Um, but you and I just tired. We, ha- we have to decide that we deserve to feel better that, yeah. you know, the universe or your, your, whatever God you believe in or don't believe in or even just your life and your life's purpose. Like we deserve to feel good. We deserve joy and healing. Mm -hmm. And, and we deserve most importantly, the core of this for me is that we deserve to love ourselves. And Mm -hmm. I, I hadn't put that connection together before. I hadn't, I hadn't realized that like the majority of my depression And the majority of like my past negative feelings about myself are like when my life is bad or like when things are happening in my life that I don't like, even if I have nothing to do with them, abusive relationship, check, you know, Mm -hmm. when that shit is going on, I turn it to myself and say like, this is a, this is because you're a bad person. You know what I mean? Like, even though logically I can, I can, I can logically argue that, you know, whatever, but. Um, my reservoir for self love, my reservoir for that, that hope and that deservedness is so, is so undernourished and, um, and I I don't know if you're going to relate to this just tired, but I read your letter this morning and I thought that maybe you could, that you could glean something from that because this man was a fucking asshole, right? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. was an asshole period and you didn't deserve to be spoken to like that um you are worthy because of your body and you are worthy just outside of your body with your Mm -hmm. body has nothing to do with it (laughs) you know and um and i feel you being stuck in that liminal space and i want to i want to speak to you clearly through these airways and say you deserve to love yourself and you deserve to feel better. This is, Mm -hmm. this is about deciding that you are worth it and not letting other people dictate it. And I know we could unpack that fucking forever. Sam and I could talk about, you know, Instagram comparisons and body image fucking forever. Um, And there's so many things that we won't be able to say in this very short thing. Um, But I just, I felt so much pain in your letter and I felt, I saw like this kindred lack of self-respect, something that I've been like processing. So I like had to call that out. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I think, I think, sorry, there's
1: like so many things that I'm I'm like, there's so many
0: things I want to respond to, but in terms of like that last thing, you know, I think I want to, I want to like reframe that a little bit because I, I, sometimes I think when we are like in, when horrible things happen to us also, we then are like, uh, and I'm not being good to myself either too. Right. Like, and I'm Mm. not, I don't love myself enough, but it's like, we have a limited amount of resilience in us, right? (laughs) Like we have like a, we have a finite amount, you know, and and the way that I think about it is like we have a reservoir of like self love and sort of like positive positivity that we have, and then when something horrible happens, like we we rush all of that positivity to it to like help heal, and then we're like left with a like an empty reservoir. Oh
1: my god, that and, is a, a really and great we look, metaphor. We look
0: at that reservoir and say like, look at how it's empty. I'm I hate myself. I'm Let, such a horrible person. Look at me person. hating myself. Yeah right like i can't believe that my reservoir is empty and it's like well you just put all of that energy into like dealing with the fact that that you had a pregnancy yeah <laughs> and right like you had you had a man tell you a horrible awful uncalled for thing about you and your body like and it's just like yeah of course the of course your reservoir is empty right now it like all mm. went into dealing with the trauma that you just went through and it's not necessarily your job right now to have a full reservoir. It's your job right now to just like do the things even through like rote memorization yes, to totally. help you build up that reservoir again. And also like, it's okay for to sit for a while with an empty reservoir. <laughs> like, like and I think, said
1: that. I, I, I think again, it it's too. like,
0: it's like this Instagram culture of self-help. That's always like, you need to be doing things the right way. You need to be grieving Like if you are, if you're hurt or if you're sitting in that self pain and that self doubt, then like you're a bad person. You haven't done the work. And so here's the seven things you need to buy. And here's the three people you need to follow, which like, let me be clear. I am cognizant of the fact that like we we have a self-help podcast (laughs) that is monetized that is like filling up our bank accounts right like that we use to like live (laughs) and so like there's I'm gonna just acknowledge the hypocrisy in this and also say that like yes and (laughs) and also right it's not there is no magic formula for you to like get over this thing and you not being over it doesn't isn't a mark of the fact that you don't love yourself enough. Like it's not a mark of the fact that you haven't figured it out enough. It's just that like you're in a place where a bad thing happened to you and you're trying to figure out what comes next. You are yeah. you are in a, a moment of trauma, you're in a moment of grief, and like <laughs> and then to add on to it, which is like why I get so fed up with this like Instagram self-help stuff, is like then you add on to it another layer of guilt to say, like oh, you just went through this trauma and you're not handling it in the right right way. So like, feel bad about yourself another way. And here's how you make yourself feel better by watching this Instagram story or like buying this product. Like, it's just, it's so frustrating. And like like you were talking about too, where you were like, you know, talking about the loss of this pregnancy and thinking like, oh, this has to be my fault. Because, and that's the other, like the other side of this sword of like self-help Instagram and all of this stuff is too. Then it's like, okay, well, if if people who are who have practiced self love and are self aware get better things, right? Right. Then people who don't get good things must be bad people who haven't done that self awareness work. Right. And it's like, no, no, no. The universe is is non discriminatory in how it deals out shittiness. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. It doesn't matter how self aware and how much self love you have to. Like, it doesn't mean that the universe is going to do anything different to you. And like, and so that's what I also get frustrated about of like, so anyway, back to you, my love to say that, like, none of this is your fault. Mm -hmm. It is not a bad thing that you are not miss. I love myself right now. (laughs) Like, it is not a bad thing. Like, it's not a failure that you're having difficulty, like holding space for yourself in this moment, because like a really shitty, shitty thing happened to you. And, and I don't want you to add on to that, this idea that you have to like figure out how to love yourself in this moment, because like, that's just an expectation that isn't real right now. So like, how are, what are you doing? Like, how are you recognizing the things that you're doing as like coping, as like, yes, as like getting to tomorrow, as like feeling your way to the thing. And it's okay for you to be exhausted and say like, I'm not going to do that gratitude journal tonight because it's not, I don't want to.
1: Yeah. Fuck that shit. I think.
0: Right. I think in terms of like my big moments of grief, like I had to realize that, like, eventually a time will come when the things that I've learned before this moment will kick back in Mm, and will say to mm, me, like, actually, I don't want to sit on the couch anymore because like it's not it's not making me feel good. And I can recognize that as a self-aware person and as a person who has done the work before this. And and so, like, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to get up and go for a walk, even though it doesn't feel good but i also had to trust myself to say i trust that those things will kick in when they need to kick in mm. but until then i'm going to spend all my time on the couch i'm going to cry every night i'm going to eat my weight in ice cream and Literally. like figure out what i need to do like so i think the fact that you are have been practicing the self-care and and doing all of the self-love stuff will return to you eventually right And I don't want you to get bogged down in the idea that, like, because you're not easily able to tap into that, that there's something wrong with you, that you're processing this wrong, that, like, that you're a bad person for the fact that you can't right now, like, tap into that depleted reservoir and and find ways to, like, help build yourself up. But that reservoir will fill up again. It will fill up slowly and over time and you will figure out how to do it. But like. Don't look at that reservoir and say, like, I'm a bad person. Look at it and say, like, wow, I've been through a bunch of shit recently.
1: Yeah. And I think, too, the the, the revelation that I had this weekend that, like, when when I don't like the things happening in my life, I, I don't like myself. I don't treat myself well. Um, yeah. For me, that was just a moment. That was a moment of clarity, right? <laughs> like, that was just an, a moment of, like, oh, I am not making this any easier on myself Mm. Not that I can't, Um, not that it's my responsibility to be a perfect healing person. Not that I can't right. be tapped out. Like you said, like, honestly, I, I loved everything you added. And then this is uh, just, just clarifying my, the revelation I had For was sure. just that like, yeah. you know, it, it's an amazing feat of the human brain that we can have bad things happen to us and that we make it all about us and our deservedness and our lack mm-hmm. of worthiness and our, lack uh, our lack of desirability and not the fucking emotionally stunted hurtful d-bag who did it to us (laughs) you know what i mean absolutely right that is such a i I think that's the biggest thing i want to take from or like that i just want to pull from my revelation about like that shift my brain does in which it it turns it into like it it turns it into a mental form of self-harm you know instead of Mm. being like Wow, Sierra, or wow, Just Tired. Y- you just went through something really challenging. You're hurting so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you doing to take care of yourself right now? That looks good. Like, how do you need to be supported? Wow, it sounds like that really hurts. You know, like, what are those nurturing things? I, I so rarely, no, I fucking never <laughs> talk to myself the way I talk to others. I never, I never say- For sure. Wow, your what you're experiencing sounds really challenging. You know, I mm-hmm. I would never like, yeah, talk to myself that way because because of this like neurological connection that I make. Shitty things happen in my life. I'm a shitty person. You know, and it sounds sure, like but... just tired is doing the exact same mental dance in which. Yep. Not only, not only are you making it all about your lack of you the way. In which you are flawed or whatever, what, however you are turning this on yourself. But you're mm. you're also saying the person who hurt me, the person who made me feel this shitty about myself, this is the only person who can solve right. it and who can make me feel better. And that is giving mm-hmm. that asshole way too much credit and way too much power.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's it's interesting to me how often we can be like, somebody can do something horrible to us and our immediate response is, I deserve that and that person is right.
1: Yes, <laughs> right? Like, yes. and I need to like crawl back to them <laughs> to make it right or have them yeah. prove me whatever. Yeah.
0: Right? Like to be clear, just tired, and I know that you know this, but I'm just going to say it, exactly what Sierra said, that like this man is an asshole. Like this man did a horrible thing to you. Yes. You didn't deserve it. and And it's, and it's hard because I know that this this also happens to me all the time. Like, it's interesting to notice, or at least I guess I'll just say this, like, notice that this is happening, that you're believing him over yourself in this moment, right? Like, you are believing that your body is horrible because he said it was. But like, who is he? I don't know him. He's just like some random person <laughs> you met Sam Blackwell does not
1: know this man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right? No. Sorry to this man, but like, who is he? Who... Who is he to decide whether or not your body is beautiful? Who is he to decide whether or not you're attractive? Like he's one fucking person in this like world of 7 billion people who doesn't think this like, and And I know that it's been reinforced and that your mom does the same thing too. Right. Like, so, and I don't want to like, I don't want to say that like ridiculous beauty standards aren't a real thing.
1: And also
0: right. That have super real impacts. And also like, this is just one dick who said a thing about you. Yes. Right? Like, fuck him. Who cares? I don't care what his opinion is. He's dumb. He's awful. I don't know him, but I hope that he, you know, finds a life that works well for him because, like, we're all people on journeys yeah. and, like, he deserves yeah. happiness as well. But, I don't and like I, him don't want to be around him no I, that's my boundary not with gonna him. send him
1: a christmas card no way <laughs> no he's he's not allowed to
0: talk to me ever again
1: <laughs> no 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 um so and i can hear your inner monologue you know like that let me tell you just tired if you do that move that i do which is like it, it immediately goes to self-loathing um i can hear your brain literally say well he told me if it you know sam said well who is he to tell you that you're not beautiful and you're like I can hear you literally say, "Well, I don't look like these TikTok models." I can hear your brain saying that right now, and I, I want to first just like my first instinct is to be defensive of you and to like, you know, yell at you for thinking <laughs> poorly by yourself. Yeah, right. But I'm going to overpass that first instinct, and I'm going to say, "Um, I love you. I hear your pain. I hear that." that self-comparison that you're, I see the self-comparison you're doing and I see how it's hurting you. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: I'm sorry that you were ever taught by people you love and trusted that your worth is wrapped up in your body and that you're not, that you're not beautiful. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I'll yell about the internet and how it's not real. And Mm -hmm. um, we could, we could give our whole lives To comparing ourselves to others, especially in the age of the internet. Like think about the hours and hours that we spend online and, and, and consuming hundreds of people's, other people's curated fake and advertised lives before we even give ourselves the time of day, you know, Mm -hmm. um, I implore you, I implore you with all of my heart and all of my compassion to start thinking differently about what the internet is telling you that you have to look like, because like Sam said, there are a bajillion people out there in the world and they all look different and they all have different understandings of beauty. They all have different bodies. They all have different fetishes and desires. And, and Mm -hmm. Sam's right. It's, we don't, we don't live in a imageless world. There are total, unreachable, incredibly stressful and oppressive beauty standards, right? Those Mm -hmm. things are real. I know they're real. I don't want to gaslight you into thinking they're not real, but also I want to tell you from one person to another who is, who who spent a chunk of my time hating my body, right? Mm -hmm. That I wish I could have that time back. I wish I could have that time Mm -hmm. back. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just, I mean, it's literally just hindsight in life. I don't know how to give you that. I don't know how to, I'm sure that there's like more eloquent and informed ways to talk about it, but I just, that's real. If I could, if I could free you of one thing, it would be that comparison. I I would literally free you of that, that your, your body image about yourself before I would free you of this fucker, like this heartbreak over this asshole, because I know that you can in the next, I know you can get over this asshole because assholes are ultimately forgettable after, (laughs)
0: after, after, after a certain after, amount of time. Well, after, yeah.
1: you know, not, not downplaying like how painful that was for you, but like, you know, I think you will, many of us have spent a long portion, if not our whole lives, um, learning how to love our bodies for what they are. Mm. And I wish I could free people of that process. You know, I wish I could mm-hmm. just like grant, like snap my fingers and free yeah. them of that, I guess.
0: Me too. I I think that the beauty standards that we have teach people to hate themselves. And it's yeah. it's really it's really hard to to honestly have that happen to me too, right? Like I think that body image issues are like I definitely struggle with them too. So I I it just it's one of those things that's just like this is so so bad and mm-hmm it's up to individuals, right. To also like figure out how we're going to, like we, we as a society created this and now we have to figure out how to make it not happen. Yeah. But so just tired, I guess um, to sort of wrap it up, I would say it's okay to be tired and it is okay to feel completely drained. It's okay to be living in this moment and doing what you need to do in order to get to the next moment. Uh, because that's sometimes what we need to do, right? That sometimes when we are in our most hurt and when we are in our biggest griefs, we need to really just figure out how to get to the next moment at a time. And trust that all of the work that you did before this, all of the self-love that you've built up, all of the self-care practices that you have done will return to you exactly when you need them. And trust that that is going to happen and trust that the work that you've done up to this moment isn't worthless and will get you back to where you want to be. And that the solution to this problem is not this man.
1: Oh, <laughs> never was never will be.
0: So do not reach out to him. He yes. is the cause of your pain. He is not the, the thing to fix it. Literally even our say brains... it to
1: yourself, like he said this horrible thing to me. He, right. you know like we have to start telling the ourselves truths I'm in about this other people <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> right like he's the reason why i am doing all of these things that i for myself that i know are not good right he's the one that tapped out my reservoir of self love and so he's not going to get any more access to me and i know that that's really hard but he's th- it's not him it's not him no trust trust from these two people who are across the country from you trust that you have it in you. It will come back. Just keep trusting that it will come back.
1: Yeah. And this is the most cliche, vague shit I can ever say, but I, I mean it from the bottom of my heart. Like this is going to, this is a journey and I know you're tired. I know you're tapped mm-hmm. out right now. Um And like Sam said, you're going to get it back. You're going to start remembering what it feels like to be yourself again. And you're going to be a new self. Like we all are when we, Mm -hmm. when we evolve through these hard moments into the next version of ourselves. Right. Um, But it's a journey to learn how to love yourself well. And, and, and life is going to constantly challenge us. It's going to constantly challenge us to, recommit to ourselves um and so whenever you have the energy whenever it feels right you can you can take some of those steps and in the meantime please know that sam and i are in that bed with you you know sam Mm -hmm. and i are are i'm i'm on the other side of the world by myself like on my like grieving couch right Mm -hmm. um and we don't have to be pretty we don't have to be desirable We don't have to be healed to be worthy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love you. We love you so much. Thank you so
0: much for writing. All right, everyone. This brings us to the blind date segment of our episode. This is when we try and set you up with something we think you're really going to like. This week, our blind date is?
1: All right, guys. I have to be very honest with you. (laughs) (laughs) gleamed already from this episode i've been doing very little um and so (laughs) last week uh sam did me a favor by having a blind date because i was like i literally have nothing except for like the netflix shows i've been watching that i will never even admit that i watch except for on the upcoming patreon episode (laughs) (laughs) um but we uh i and I was stuck with the same predicament this week and I was like, God, I can't make them do another blind date for me. It's four in a row or whatever. And so I, 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 you know, I haven't been reading. I haven't, been, I, I just haven't been doing a lot. So I sat and I thought, well, what, what's my genuine blind date other than like sitting in my shit, <laughs> you know, sitting in mm-hmm. my mental whatever. And my genuine blind date this week is, um, making plans And I don't, Mm. they can be whatever they, they can be however big or small you want. However, you know, like we're still in the pandemic. um, And so I'm not making any wild plans, but to get back into the swing of feeling like myself, I've been trying, you know, I've not only am I anxious about like, talking to people after this horrible thing, you know, like I don't want to make mm-hmm. the weird small talk of like, how are you doing? Terrible. You know, I'm also anxious about the world opening up again. And like, what is mm-hmm. it going to feel like? Like Sam said last episode, like to have to make eye contact with people, <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs> and, yeah. and
1: and my pain <clears throat> and my anxiety is like, stay home. Don't face it. And I know that that is not where my healing lives or at mm-hmm. least where I want to be. So I've been making like little plans and I'm talking like uh, go for a walk with a friend, (laughs) you know, or like Mm -hmm. go visit my dad and my sister um, or uh, make a plan for my birthday in a couple months, even though I don't want to think about it, you know, because it's helping Mm me get ready for the world opening up again. It's helping me remember what it feels like to be Sierra because I haven't felt like myself lately. And so I encourage you all, wherever you are in your COVID comfortability or your anxiety or your life, like make a plan, a plan that makes you a tiny bit uncomfortable. Like maybe (laughs) it's like socializing in a way that you have, I don't mean like safety wise, but I mean like, you know, if you're anxious about seeing friends, like make a plan or like set a trip that you're going to do when the weather's warmer or go on a hike or like give yourself a trip, a tiny whatever it is. Um, And that's Mm -hmm. been Honestly, the 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 only thing that has been helping me and has that I could think of this week. So there's mm. your blind date.
0: I love it. All right, everyone, thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Breakup Pod.
1: You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakupPod dot com, which is also Please where you can re- find our merchandise. Sorry. <laughs> No
0: problem. Please remember to hit that follow button so that you will get your episode every Monday exclusively on Spotify and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode as well as uh, access to (laughs) the hundreds of episodes that already exist. And also this week, Sierra and I are going to be talking about the blind dates that we would never actually make blind dates on the show. Yeah, like...
1: like (laughs) Like the Netflix show that I'm obsessed with right now that I will literally never admit to you guys on this primary episode that I love, that I'm obsessed with.
0: (laughs) For sure. So if if you want to hear what our guilty pleasures are, please, please support us on Patreon. This literally keeps the mics on and helps us reach more broken hearted souls who need two random strangers, giving them relationship advice.
1: Original music recording, editing, producing, zombie killing by our good friend, (laughs) Big Cats, a.k.a. Spencer. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, if you made a mistake today, if you binged or if you misspoke or showed up in a way that doesn't feel good enough to you, you can still love and accept yourself. You don't need to be punished for experiencing life and responding to it the best way you can in that moment growth healing progress none of this is linear be easy and do what you can be gentle on yourself we're all trying and if all else fails
0: just break up